0: This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressured to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player... On this planet that I personally don't follow closer it's not something that you see too often I only know a few players that do it now from the home of the Blues Chicago Illinois welcome to guitar talk with your host Jimmy Warren all right everybody Jimmy Warren here thank you so much for tuning in man we got a great great show for you today Uh, An extremely talented guitar player. As a matter of fact, probably, you know, I hate to say one of my favorites, but definitely one of my favorites from uh, Europe, uh, Marcus Demel. He leads uh, two bands over there, actually, uh, The Blue Poets and then also Arrowhead. He owns his own record label called Triple Coil Music. He has his own gear products, uh, Klopman uh, pickups, which is from over in that region. They have uh, signature pickups for, for Marcus. Uh, he's got his own pedals. Uh, he's got a, an overdrive called the Sweet Tea. Just a lot of great things. He's got a video series that he does called Guitar Junkie, which uh, some of those videos are at guitartalkofficial.com. So there's a lot for us to talk about, and we're going to do that here in just a minute. But before we do, you know, I want to remind you to jump on over to guitar talkofficial.com. That's right, guitar talkofficial.com and make sure that you're subscribing uh, to our email list. And the reason is is because once a month we send out a newsletter at the beginning of the month that lets everybody know what's going to be happening at guitar talk to the course of the month so they can set their calendar accordingly because there's a lot of great shows. You know, the purpose of this podcast is to bring to the forefront a lot of great players. You know, we're really here to help inspire other players to want to play more, you know, to help people understand gear more, tone more, uh to learn how other people that have been really successful in music, you know, to discover how um it happened for them you know there's a lot of really great uh lessons and great information to be gathered from these interviews man there's some really good solid tidbits i mean gold guitar gold so <laughs> they call it guitar gold and so uh you want to make sure you get it but i want to let you know what's going on this month uh here uh this may in uh guitar talk of course Today, we've got Marcus DeMell, uh from Germany on. Next week, we got Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridge in Slash's Band. The week after that is Anders Osborne from the North Mississippi All-Stars. And then at the end of the month, we got blues great Matt Schofield. So this is a really, really good month. There's a lot of great stuff. And I know over at... Uh, uh, guitar talk tv we're releasing some videos and demos for some products such as the boone music box which is made by analog pedals we've got uh, three pedals that we're demoing for lpd pedals uh they got a new one coming out uh, actually on the 6th just in uh one day tomorrow on the six is called the Dutch Overdrive. So we've got those coming out, and then we've got a few people that you're really going to enjoy on Hidden Gems, which is where we spotlight uh, players from around the world. And also, so you know that our guitarist of the month is today's guest, Marcus Demel. You can go to our Guitar Spotlight on uh, Guitar Talk Official, and you can see some videos from Marcus. You can read some information on him, get his links and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so there's a lot there. So make sure that you're subscribing. It's, it's actually pretty cool. So... We're gonna jump into this interview. Uh, it's it's a good little interview, man, and uh, I think you're really gonna enjoy it because there's a lot of great information. This guy is a uh, he's an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to the guitar. And he is a master at it. He really is. I don't know. I don't know. He's, and he's got some of the best guitar faces. <laughs> you know, it's like, that. how do you rate guitar players? Well, it's by the faces that they make. Right? It has nothing to do with anything else. If that was the case, this guy would win the prize. That's for sure. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. This is my guest, Marcus Demel from Arrowhead and the Blue Poets, uh, right here on Guitar Talk, with me, Jimmy Warren.
1: Uh, and about, and, and I'm not certain about the future. I just, I just don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. And and I try to plan, uh, or we try to move some shows that have been canceled. And they go, oh, we don't know yet. But can you do it for half price? Can you, you know, and all?
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that seems, that seems to be the. The fear that a lot of people have is that because of the, yeah, because of the uh, everything that's going on. I know there's some artists here in the United States that are just saying they're just going to hold out until they can get back on the road the right yeah. way rather than to, you know, I hate to use the word prostitute, but rather than, you know, prostitute themselves out for a lesser price just uh, because there's gigs, you know, that's tough. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think. I think uh, the people who are going to survive, uh, which includes me, going to be the people who just love music and guitar. If you look at it from a business standpoint, <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's just pathetic. It's, it's, you know, you cannot do it. You cannot. Basically, you cannot do it. As my accountant, what a band, touring, <laughs> tour <laughs> bus. A tour manager, a roadie, a sound man. Are you crazy? Who's paying that? You? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who? So so who's when... at risk? Me. So, yeah. so do you sell clothes on eBay or something like that on the side in order to, to make ends <laughs> me? No,
1: I, I actually what I do, what I do is uh uh what saved me was uh can you see it? I can the sweet sweet elephant sweet elephant. This is uh out of frustration, because when I don't play or record, I'm usually messing with gear. Yeah. And I, as every guitar player, I have 30, 40, 50 distortion boxes I haven't counted in a while. And about two and a half years ago, I said, I like this, I like that. So I went to my guitar tech and uh, we've made this. And I'm very happy. And I sold a few hundred. Yeah. So, Wow. that's good and just to my website it's not distributed anywhere else it's just you know my record company I sell everything I sell guitar picks I sell t-shirts I sell backing tracks I uh, uh, you know <laughs> do it all. And, I, and, I, and I have to you know I'm uh, super grateful for all the people who' supported me because you know I'm in in this position I can stay in my basement for a year and not go to work
0: yeah which Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're very fortunate to have, you know, that. But you know what? There's been a lot of guys that I've talked to that haven't missed a beat, and part of that is because they're you know, they're doing other things. They're playing on other people's records, they're they're giving lessons. You know, one guy opened a an online guitar store, you know. I and- gave my
1: second Skype lesson today because this guy bothered me for so long. <laughs> Okay, eighty bucks. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's strange though. I, I mean, Skype lessons are strange. You know, sound kind of sucks always. You know, what whatever. It depends on the on the on the connection. Yeah, but we. You know, I think we're gonna survive it. I'm I'm very positive, and I'm thankful for for all the people who have supported me so far and still do, and I'm uh, uh, actually very grateful that I finished this album. Yeah. Pandemic, I would have never done it, you
0: know. Now, now you're the album that you went in and recorded. That's an instrumental. Now yes. it is... Commercial suicide. Is is that all? <laughs> cool. Is that all types? Are you are you like just going in and like this is a fusion song and this is a jazz song and this is whatever comes out or is it? Yes. Yeah, that's. I cool. have a. Fl-
1: I even have a flamenco number on it. I have a gypsy jazz tune on it. You know, I and yeah. uh, uh, that that kind of you know the, that kind of Django Reinhardt with uh, that kind of uh, uh, gypsy's swing thing. I have uh, one song that I'm super proud of. It's basically just sound paintings. So yeah. no intellect, no 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 intellectual thoughts. Yeah. Just go in there and be 15.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so so it's one hundred percent pretty much improvised. That's what you're saying. Uh no, I have always song ideas. I, I go
1: into the studio and I have a melody or a chord progression or usually both and and then I mess it up. And then yeah. I just then I, <laughs> then I then I then I get into Alan Parsons' mouth and start messing with tones, drum grooves, but I try to have a skeleton of a song done. Otherwise Sometimes I I do that, I have no idea. So like every regular person, I go to work, go to my basement, turn on the board, turn on the Mac, and uh, start improvising and come out 14 days later, nothing happened. Yeah. (laughs) So I usually am better off if I just have a little, if I have a little melody.
0: Right, Right. If
1: I have something... Where I go, oh, this is a this is a this is a nice this is a nice chord progression or this is a this is a beautiful melody. I can work with that. So some kind of plan is involved before I start recording. Otherwise I would never release an album.
0: Yeah. Now when you go into the studio, do you go crazy and you know use a lot of different gear? I know some guys like to, you know, different guitars, different amps. Some guys go in and they just use what they use. You know, unless a song calls for something different. Um, I usually make up
1: a rule for every album, like for the very first Blue Poets album. I said I'm only going to use one amp and this guitar. Uh, on this album, I think I've used about half a dozen guitars and about four or five amps. Well, yeah. just because I can. And the, the rule on this album was I'm not going to use any uh, EQing in the mix on the guitar. Wow so and because uh, I'm been doing this for 20 years I can tell okay this is the soundscape here the frequency of the drums here's here's the approximate uh, uh, bass sound and I have to use this amplifier and a uh, disc guitar will be and I'll be good yeah you know? yeah so 90% of that worked out so one time we had to just tweak Something uh, recorded with a hundred watt Plexi, which has just a little bit too much high ends, but we just cut it with a eleven seventy six compressor. And but so far we it worked out without EQ. So
0: yeah, that's really cool. Now, did you do you play the other instruments on the album? Uh,
1: no, but what I did, I recorded the album just by myself, programming the drums and playing. Okay. Playing guitar, bass, and programming well, or playing the keyboards bar per bar, and uh, finishing it Uh, so it's like a mediocre, egomaniac guitar album, and then give it to the great musicians. (laughs) (laughs) So I got uh, so yeah so so uh, so since I don't really I only write chord charts. but I give them more than a pre production. I give them basically a finished record and go, here's the bass part, either play that or play something better. I mean, they can do what, you know, they yeah. can, can play whatever they want. I'm not a dictator or anything. Right. Uh, but it's more than pre production. Yeah. So That's it was true. just six months by myself, six months by myself and, uh, and the dog. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was it that's crazy well i can't wait to hear it i really can't because uh you know i i really enjoy your playing i gotta ask you a a, a, a side question yes now i noticed this yellow strap that you've been doing videos with uh, i don't know what year it is or anything it, it, it you know it's relict or aged or whatever i was curious does that strat have scallop frets from the 10th fret up That looks like it.
1: That's probably it, right?
0: Yep, that's it. That's a
1: 77 77 body and a 72 neck. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, the the scalloping starts from the first or second fret. Oh, okay. increases. Wow. So I bought it like this about three years ago. It's heavier than my Les Paul. (laughs) And it's not relict. I don't have it. I
0: like guitars. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I thought that was scalloped, you know, when I saw it. I was like, wow. I uh,
1: I have many scalloped guitars. Here's another one.
0: Yeah. Uh, I
1: even have a scalloped three thirty five, an acoustic,
0: and uh... wow. Now now uh, you know, I know a lot of guys use them. You know, as a matter of fact, I just talked to Alex uh, Byrot. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, from Voodoo I know Circle. Him. And- yeah, I kind of figured you did, you know, but uh, he was showing me some guitars that he had that were scalloped from like the 10th fret up. And so what do you think, you know, when you're playing blues or jazz or fusion or anything like that, I mean, what's the benefit? You know, I've never played a scallop neck guitar before. I've only known guys like Malmsteen and, you know, people along those natures to use them. So I'm I'm kind of unfamiliar in, in this world.
1: Um. The biggest advantage for me is uh, the bending yeah I, I can bend I usually I can bend on a regular guitar a fourth wow. and with a scalping I can get even further. Wow and uh, the guitars change completely the sound I only did it so far with guitars. I never buy new guitars, by the way, Yeah. unless some company, I have some guitars because I was with Fender. Well, maybe I'm still even with Fender for seven or eight years. <laughs> um, you don't know, because they, they just fired everybody here in Germany about a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. um, so there's no artist relation person here, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, it the sound changes in a way that it, it's like you have an action that's about this high. Yeah. Imagine your regular guitar, whatever it is, with this action. What happens? The guitar is super, super loud. Yeah. And of course, you can play bottleneck or bend like crazy. The other thing that happens is uh, the, the tension changes. So if you're used to nines, they feel like tens. Yeah. And it's a different thing. It, it's just. Yeah, the sound changes. I did it originally because of uh, McLaughlin.
0: Oh, okay. okay. I, was a,
1: I was a strange kid. I had no friends, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so I was into the uh, the Shakti thing. The... You have to make, move your head like this and play mixolydian or funny Indian scales all day. Uh, and uh, so he was the first one who I saw it with. I saw him with the uh, Gibson Birdland that was scalloped. Yeah. and wow. He got it from the Cetar or actually he was studying the Vena, which is uh, the, uh, the, the instrument the Cetar is based on, and that has scalloped frets. So that's where it's all coming from. Actually, Lutz, uh, Lutz had it too, I think, or some Lutz had it. But uh, and of course, uh, my second album in the world was
0: Richie. Yeah.
1: So, so made in Japan, of course, and he was already scalped uh, in '72. Yeah, at least that's what he claims.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I have to do it.
1: And hey, my, I mean, I, I have as just as you, I don't know how many guitars. Yeah. So four is not that many to be scalloped
0: right no not at all not at all I, I i've actually been thinking about since my conversation with alex thinking about getting one and having it scalloped from the you know like the 12th fret or the 10th fret up because my concern is courting you know you get which, used to it you get used to it yeah you get
1: used to it at least i said i know alex i mean i've known him for years since i was in kingdom come in the 90s <laughs> uh, uh, uh and was in the basically the hair business just like he is uh and he <laughs> said that to me i go you start a scalp from the tenth fret said, yeah so i i can i you know i can riff riff along just like on other guitars and when i go woodly woo uh i'm all scalped and ready to go and uh i i would just suggest Get it, get a cheap replacement neck for you know, or actually you can go on eBay for and get a Strat neck for a hundred bucks and put it on the guitar. Yeah, yeah, something like that. that. That's what I did for the one guitar. The the other white Strat that uh, is actually an ESP neck. Yeah, and I bought for fifty bucks, and it was either get it refretted. There are no frets left, uh, and I said no. Scale up this one.
0: Yeah, wow. but it's
1: a different sound. But you get used to it. You get Yeah, it. there, there is no m- myth about it. It's, it's just whatever you're used to. It's just like 12-gauge strings. I used to play 12-gauge when I was in, into Stevie Ray. Yeah, you forget about it after three months. Right. You can, right. you know, extinguish it. Your cigarette on your fingertip, but. <laughs> but you don't you know it's it's not the guitar is not alien to you with when you're used to 12k strings
0: yeah i i actually did that you know uh i went to the really heavy strings um like that for a while and played on them that way for a couple of years and then when i went and i went back down to tens i discovered man i've got such control over the neck now that I never had before, you know, because of learning to, you know, manipulate them, you know, with really heavy gauges on it. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: yeah. So I saw that you're that you're you basically a, a professional guitar player in Chicago, right? Or what is what is what's the? It was all about me so far. So what what <laughs> about you? Let me know a few things. I've been only spying on you this morning.
0: Oh, that's okay. I, uh, I I toured for around 17 years. You know, I I cut my teeth in Chicago at all the blues clubs. You know, so I got an opportunity. And you run but your it, own band, right? As I, I do. I front I front my own band, but I've been a sideman. I've played with okay. Buddy Miles and Chaka Khan and you know a bunch of other people. And I played with all the blues guys in Chicago: Lonnie Brooks and Buddy Guy and Junior oh, really? Wells and yeah, yeah. You know, because it, it's a back when i started the the music scene in chicago was completely different you know what i mean it was easier to break into and become a part of the the The, the group there if you will yeah you know it was really easy you know now it's not like that but over the years you know i I fronted my own band and then for a while i played with gary richrath from mario speedwagon yeah
1: telephone interview spit up
0: but anyway you know i, I stopped in 2012 uh, i did my last show with billy branch in california in hollywood california at a theater and that was my last show and i took a regular job i sold all my gear oh my gosh yeah i know and then i uh How i started was, that? was it traumatic was that it was <laughs> it was it was it was crazy but you know what it was something that i think was really needed you know because my my life was so chaotic so crazy you know what i mean that it was good just to, to just put everything aside and just disappear and just be with my family because like you said a minute ago with your wife saying you know do you remember me it's funny you say that because my wife used to send my kids into my room where you know where my gear was and my daughter would come in she's just a little tiny girl and she said hey daddy do you do you remember me I'm your daughter and so it was it was along those lines you know that made me want to stop and so I I took I you know I, I work in corporate America you know I'm an executive for a, a large company but in 2019 I went into the studio with Walter Trout's guys his his Hi. band and I recorded a new EP, which which was my ninth. I recorded a new EP, and I was going to release it last year in tour, and everything fell apart. So thank God I kept my day job, right. and a buddy of mine said, hey, you know, if you want to stay in music, why don't you just go back into radio? And I got the idea to do the podcast, and mm-hmm. we, we launched it in uh, July of last year, and it's just, it's become huge, and so now it's, it's morphed into awesome. so many different things that, uh, you know, you know, this yeah. is what I do now, and I'm just I'm like you, I'm waiting for things to open up, so that I can get out there myself and and nice. play again in that. And uh, I went from having no guitars to I think I got seventy three, seventy four, something like that. You know, I don't know. I I got more You're gear more than me. Than, <laughs> yeah, I got more <laughs> gear than I know what to do with. You know, so, uh, but anyway, it's enough about me because nobody cares. No, about. Not true. It's not true. <laughs> it's
1: all a big family. So we, and it's, I'm glad that you're reaching out. So I'm, I'm curious.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. So let's talk about your record label. It, what's the name of your record label? Triple coil music. That's what I thought.
1: Uh, and I started this because, uh, uh, you know, as every musician, I went from major recording deal was my first one in the mid 90s was my uh, first uh, uh, recording deal with Warner and to a big independent deal to a tiny independent deal. And I just had enough. Yeah. You know, and I, they always screwed me, no matter what the label was. So I said, it's enough. The only time I made some money when I released a live DVD uh, nine years ago, just to my website, I said, this is funny. I'm making more money than from a major label.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's probably the reason I'm still here. Or that's why I'm surviving. Otherwise, I'd probably be giving guitar lessons full time or whatever. So one part of my job is very unpleasant. You know, it's... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's business.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's yeah. It, marketing, it, investing, money. Uh, you know, I'm taking my 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 wife takes care of of the artwork. Uh, I have people for uh, for film. I have, I have people for, for, I mean, for the for the MTV style videos. I have uh, just a few freelance people that work with me. I hire another a promotional company. Uh, if I, you know, go on an album prom- promo, and uh, so it's always a financial risk. Yeah. But it's, I can, I can uh, do more than uh, a, a, a small label.
0: Yeah.
1: And at least I know what I'm doing, and, and I, I'm responsible for everything, including the mix, the ma- mastering, and everything.
0: Yeah. Well, it's nice to to have control over your career like that. You know, as opposed to being in the hands of somebody else where you don't really know what's going on when the doors are closed and you're not around. Right. And, that, and so many artists are going to it, you know, just releasing their own stuff and doing it themselves. You have to,
1: you, you yeah. have to because, I mean, uh, uh, there are people that are very famous and they're not making any money. They cannot survive or they're making maybe money for 12 months and then they're gone and they have a zillion clicks on YouTube and a trillion clicks on Spotify and they get 50 bucks for it. And and you just cannot do that if you have to be in charge, it's the only way. And it's not right, but it's just the way it is. I just wanted to play the greatest instrument in the world and write songs, that was my goal. And now I'm here and you know going to numbers and and doing licensing deals or whatever and uh and taking care of business but
0: yeah I sometimes, sometimes
1: i whine about it i really do whine about it you know <laughs>
0: like, uh, yeah. well I'm, I'm sure you know it can be it can be daunting it can be you know troublesome at times be you know to have that burden you know, at the same time. But, uh, you know, do you feel like the market is just so oversaturated? You know, do you think it's hard for people to to find new music now? You know, like, let's say people that don't know about you. Yeah. You know, do you think it's I, I really think, hard? I
1: think it's, it's very hard. I mean, uh, uh, I've been in the business since I'm not a spring chicken anymore. It's, you know, I've been in the business since I'm 17 years old. So I never did anything else in my life. I've been always playing live, played, on, yeah, no, 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 every every kind of touring or record deal situation, and um, all the names, uh, the big names, had one thing in common: somebody put a lot of money in their career.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's the same rule today. If you're yeah. not gonna invest a million dollars uh, in somebody. They might become an Instagram sensation, but are they gonna really, you know, be financially rewarded? I'm not sure. Yeah. uh, You know, I'm not in the business to be famous or rich or whatever. I just love this. That's, that's, and I have to survive. But usually, if you, somebody, if you, uh, all the big guitar heroes, somebody at some point in time, somebody said, here's our budget. Yeah, there wouldn't be any Gary Moore with millions of dollar investment. I even knew from the eighties that he was backstage, and we got there, and he was whining that he owes the record company two million pounds that he has to recoup.
0: Yeah. so
1: the better the record would be a hit; <laughs> otherwise, you know, he would wouldn't see a cent. Yeah. So it's always been about money. Yeah. But the people that are surviving are uh, have to be smart. And even though I don't look that smart, I'm a good businessman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, know. <laughs> because you have to, and I never wanted my father always said, take some business classes. I said, No. I just want to play and I'm gonna play great and one day I'll be famous. And, and hey so it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Look at the people who are famous. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's very, very funny in, its, you know, in, yeah. in a sense. So I think uh, you just have to get some money. Uh, uh, and I got, for example, when I I went to the bank and said, I need a hundred grand. Yeah. Give me a hundred grand, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start a record live. Yeah. yeah. You have to pay seven grand for the video. You have to do this. You, uh, We mixed in a big studio here's another 10 grand whatever 100 grand is nothing
0: yeah yeah it goes pretty quick when you start considering you know all the costs of studio time and you know videographers that's
1: why i have my own studio i mean i love it but i mean i i you know if i if i would go to another studio it would be ridiculous
0: yeah well especially sure if you're microphones for two days okay great yeah especially if you're doing you know six seven eight hours a day every day yeah and yeah, i'll do that yeah you might as well own the studio at that point that's for sure yeah but you know today don't you don't you find out that you know the the place where the artist really makes his money is on the road you know it's it's yeah, but I
1: think i don't want to i don't want to you know destroy the party but i think it's over yeah. I think it's going to be back to normal maybe in two years.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: that's why I have a, had a critically acclaimed to a post on Facebook, I think it was where I said, don't put your money on Spotify anymore. Uh, yeah. Don't put your music on. It doesn't make any sense to give your music away for free if you're not going to use it to push your live activities. Yeah. Some people, of
0: course, say, oh, old white man, he's stupid,
1: but, uh, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's part you know, a lot of guys hate Spotify to begin with, you know, a lot of guys hate, you know, most of those streaming sites anyway, cause you don't, you know, you don't get no money. When, I don't know if you saw uh, not that long ago, but Peter Frampton shared a, a photo on his Instagram of his royalty check from one yeah. of these places, for one of his songs off of, you know, Frampton Comes Alive, which was like millions of plays, and the check was Peanuts. I mean, it was, you know what I mean? It that's, was because the, that's because his label, I think Capital or Sony or whatever he's
1: on, they give him the same share as with a physical copy. So yeah. with a physical copy, you get like a buck or something,
0: Yeah. And they
1: sell it for 10. So maybe he got 10% or something, and they, they do it with streaming or digital royalties the same way. So actually it's 0. 0.4 cent is what the record company is receiving from Spotify, which I think, Yeah. well, I, I'm not gonna say what I think about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well we're not gonna share it with the record industry. That's no, no, no. Let's move on to something pleasant. It's all about (laughs) this. It's all about, you know. So so let's talk, let's go, let's go back in history just a little bit and talk about when you fell in love with the guitar. What was it that led you to it to begin with?
1: Um I was at my grandfather's uh, house and in Czechoslovakia because some people think I'm German. I'm not. Uh, um, I, my parents escaped from the um, uh, from the Russians uh, in '68,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, but uh, we got uh, a German citizenship very very quickly, so we were able to to visit the family, and so I went to see my grandparents and. And my folks over there, and I saw uh, uh, a TV program. This is like the Dark Ages, ladies and gentlemen, black and white TV. And I saw I saw a guy with a black Les Paul custom, and he went <laughs> just be- just that. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, Oh, no, what is this?" Yeah, and that was it. That was it, and. Uh, then uh, the next thing that I've seen was uh, Jimi Hendrix burning his guitar at Monterey. Mm-hmm. And, and I was very lucky because I didn't get Axis uh, Boulders Lock, but I got uh, the Band of Gypsies.
0: Ah. That's a great album.
1: And I didn't play, but I just listened to that record for like a year, like twice a day. Yeah. And uh, then it was already made in Japan. Still, I graduated to uh, to playing air guitar. I got a cheap acoustic, painted it red because I thought on the cover that the, the Sunburst guitar was red, so I painted my ten bucks guitar red and. Uh, played along for two years without strings, and then I finally, finally, uh, I got a uh, got a acoustic for my twelfth birthday. Yeah, saved up for it, and I borrowed a cheap Japanese SG copy from, from a friend, which I didn't give back for like six months. And then I got really serious from the yeah. beginning. I got really
0: heavy. Yeah. I, th- I think it's cool that you admitted that you played air guitar because there's a lot of guys out there you know they did it right you know they did it but they won't admit it they won't you know admit what it, it was it was ear training it was it, ear
1: tra- ear training i I listened to music like for three four five hours a day without playing an instrument yeah and not seeing it yeah. <laughs> Another old man thing, oh, kids, you have to listen and not look at music. And uh, so I think that was pretty, because uh, then when I, after a few years, I, it was very easy to, to mimic a few things. You know? So, yeah. And uh, because I just knew how they sounded. So that was that was that. Was, that was, I think that was an advantage. It was my ear training. I'm I'm very sure about that. And after that, I got the wrong friends, uh, and uh, I started getting into jazz when I was 14. Oh wow! Yeah. So that was completely. <laughs> I, I remember it's uh, Tobias, the saxophone player. He took me home. He was 14 years old. I was I was, I had fire red hair, was super skinny, and freckles, and uh, and an accent because I was not German, and yeah. he was very overweight with a shitty haircut. So <laughs> we were the team, man. So he t- <laughs> takes me home, and he starts putting on John Coltrane. <laughs> oh wow! Wow! And 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 uh, and uh, he goes. You like guitar? I go, yes. This is the best guitar record of the the time. And he puts on the Mahavishnu Orchestra or something. (laughs) 14. What a bunch of losers, you know? (laughs) So that pretty much spoiled my commercial success forever. So that was... (laughs) And um, it was... so I tried to become a jazz player besides trying to become like a, you know, uh, like a, uh, I tried some uh, finger picking, like some Travis picking, that kind, of, that kind of thing, which I was never good at. And, uh, but then uh, I was 16 or 17. I saw Gary Moore on German TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: and life has changed.
0: Yeah. Life changes when you see Gary Moore the first time. That's for sure. And I was,
1: you know, he was he just, he, he was this this strange looking guy. He had seven marshals and a red Stratocaster, the Red Fiesta 61. Yeah. And I remember just, I videotaped the thing and I was just, I think I've learned every note. I think it's on YouTube, it's uh, from 83 or 82. I, I'm not sure, but that was it with the jazz for me.
0: Yeah. Well, there's no going back once you see Gary Moore. That's for sure. It was the intensity.
1: It was just all the the power. To it it was it was, uh, and at the same time, it was just hard rock, which was appealing to me at that time. It was virtuosity. It was soul. It was melody. It was just the yeah. whole, photograph attitude. You know, it was everything. You
0: yeah. when you combine all that with really great tone. Gary always had good tone. You oh, know, yeah, You combine that all together. I mean, that's a win-win like you just sitting there doing those those few little fills and those notes and that I can tell through the audio of this computer that if I was in that room, I would absolutely love that tone because it sounds, you know, it sounds amazing.
1: Thank but you. that's Thank one you. of
0: the things that draws you in. I mean, that's, you know, for me,
1: music is all about sound. I, I yeah, there's so so now with the YouTube thing, there are so many amazing players. Mm. But if I don't like the tone, I'm not gonna listen. Yeah. I compare it always to, I always say if I give a, a, a clinic or something, I go, I judge guitar players like I would judge a singer or a drummer. Yeah. So I'm not interested that you can sing five octaves. I just want to be moved by your by your playing, by your singing. I if you if you're a drummer, I want to have you you have to have a pocket. Yeah. If you can, you know, solo like Vinnie Colaiuta, awesome. Yeah. But without that pocket, I'm not interested. So, no. so so the tone the tone thing is and even now with the record I went completely overboard with, you know, EQing drums and finding out right. if I tune that tom a little bit different with the EQ, the guitar is going to sound bigger, blah, 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 blah. But that's a whole different. That's, that's my trip now. <laughs> <laughs> because I tried to analyze what makes, what makes corridors of power. Why is the guitar tone, or of victims of the future, or Van Halen one, or fair warning? Why is it so huge? Yeah. And it's in the eqing of the other instruments, also not just because they had great tone. Or why Stevie Ray uh, couldn't stand the weather? Why does it have such a, an amazing guitar tone? Or um, um, hold the, the early Holdsworth records that are, uh, and stuff like that? So, so that was my thing for the last for the last year, analyzing uh, the eq
0: landscape of the other instruments. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. So, at one point, though, didn't you come to the United States and go to? Yeah. uh, So we
1: escaped. We escaped from uh, from Czechoslovakia from Prague, uh, uh, then to Austria, then to Germany. And when once I was done with school, which was nineteen high school, was uh, uh, I went to Hollywood.
0: Yeah, that's a big change. Yeah, it's a
1: (laughs) planet. Planet Mars. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. I've never been to the states and then a you know a cab drives you up, uh, drops you up after a 12 hour flight in Hollywood. You're like, yeah. oh. This is interesting. But it was yeah. great. I mean, I uh, for the first time I practiced for like 10 12 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of support from a lot of great players at the, at the school. I been, I've, I stayed in L.A. for 70 years. I basically just returned because I didn't get a green card. I yeah. didn't get a work permit. So, 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 that was, that, but it was a
0: school for life. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a really good school. I'm good friends with Alan Hines and he's an instructor. Oh, he was
1: one of my instructors.
0: Was he really? He's such a great player. He's such oh, yeah. a great player. Yeah.
1: I played with him many, many times and it was like, Wow, he's like, he's got the, I don't know, a little bit of Holdsworth with the Steely Dan vibe, with his own thing, with the cool <laughs> chords and the. Uh, and, and, you know, strange <laughs> technique that, uh, and pocket and feel. Fantastic player and a super nice guy. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I went there like twice a week because he we had open counseling. And I, I I, mean, I had so many great lessons with... Uh, I even had a guitar lesson with Larry Carlton and, 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 and uh, people wow. like that. I mean, that's... You know, if you're 19, 20 years old, that's... Yeah. Amazing.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: That's, that's yeah.
0: just... It's uh, crazy. So let me ask you, uh, along those lines of lessons and stuff, do you do... Have you done anything through any of these services like true fire or anything like that no no, no. the only thing I
1: did uh, I because one uh, life uh, one experience or I really enjoyed the very first Eric Johnson DVD or it was actually a VHS tape so I uh, just came off mi was out of work uh, and so what I did I I practice with that VHS tape for like four hours for like six months and I said one of these days I'm gonna do an instructional tape. Yeah, so about 14 years ago, I did one but uh, the same way uh, as always, you know, uh, to, just to my website. Yeah, I had some offers, but uh, I said that's very nice, but thank you, no. <laughs> <laughs> Because I wrote a guitar book actually, and I did even in LA, I did some transcription stuff, and I, they always screwed me. You know, it's like, here's 200 bucks for 40 pages of transcription. Yeah. Uh, and I remember transcribing because we've ended as lovers uh, and, uh, and three other songs and getting 250 bucks for it, you know, and uh, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but 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 mainly, I've been in a fortunate position since uh, I have uh, I'm I'm really my own man since 2006. Yeah. And I'm really making a living playing my own music and making my own records. So, teaching is something I do on the side, mainly uh, sometimes at home, which is fairly expensive, and and uh, and you can book to my website. And now, because some people were uh, annoying enough, uh, I gave a few Skype lessons. Yeah. You know? So I know I'm not going to go bankrupt if this pandemic's going to be another 10 years. I don't know. You know, but uh, no, I
0: didn't do any Jam uh, Trek Central or uh, Yeah. I don't,
1: I don't know if I'm fast enough.
0: Well, I, I know guys that do them. And, you know, I've had a couple of guys say, well, if it wouldn't have been for him, you know, I'd be hurting right now you know because i can't tour and so uh, and i hadn't seen your name in the list because they send me crap all the time you know what i mean and uh, i always pay attention to it because there's a lot of great players you know a lot of great players that that uh that are are doing those things now but you seem to have michael
1: wagner michael wagner he's he came twice to a clinic of mine he's a very good buddy and he he has like his advanced blues or whatever it is and He's just amazing, and he makes demos for 10 guitars. He's a, you know, he's he can shred, but he's basically like a modern blues type player. He's very, very good. I think he's at Jam gem, gem Track Central.
0: Yeah. 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 So uh, let's talk a little bit about your gear. I know you showed me that guitar in the beginning and stuff like that, but I'd like to know a little bit more about your pedal. The, yes. the sweet elephant in that um you were talking about you know you had 30 pedals and you liked this about one and about another and so what was it that you felt that you were missing and that you were really looking for that went uh, into this one
1: well it's just uh since i'm spending so, or spent the last 30 years in the studio you know i i can draw a frequency picture of a pedal so if you take the most famous uh, pedal which is obviously the tube screamer you go i don't like the bass cut you yeah. start with that so that's how it started because i of course i have an old tube screamer from like 81 or 82 the first one with the big uh um big switch which actually sounds better because the small switch kills a little bit of the signal and uh uh, then I said but I want more gain than the tube screamer uh, I want a different kind of compression ratio uh, but I want the frequencies uh, the, the the mid boost a little bit lower not at 6k but I want it at four and a half K things like that so that's how we started yeah. and uh, and so we did that for two years and now I happily and I I did it only for selfish reasons. I didn't do it to market it or anything. And then once again, um, uh, my wife said, "You should sell it." Oh uh, yeah, you think so? <laughs> so it's a handmade pedal, you know. You put a lot of time in it. You put a so we did, and and people are receiving it well. I'm not selling zillions, but it's not my goal. But it's a little side business. But yeah. it's the only pedal, for example, that I used and I auditioned all of them. I auditioned all the Friedman's and all the boutique pedals. And uh, I think I used my own Tube Screamer for like four bars because I needed the bass cut. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what I do. It's the same with amplifiers or whatever. I used to have my own amplifiers before, unfortunately, Niels Thomsen, the 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 German Howard Dumble died from a heart attack with 52. Uh, uh, So he built, I have about six or seven of his amps still which are all hand-wired, super expensive boutique amps. And uh, so I've been always like that. If I don't like something, I change it. And even with the vintage guitars, um, the first thing I do, I change the frets and the pickups.
0: Yeah, you, know? you, put, you put jumbo frets on. Is that what you yes. use? Yes,
1: well, I used to use 61 uh 6000 or 6100s. Uh, 6, now I have this is the third refret on this one because I had it for 14 years. Uh, it's 6105 because of a little bit better intonation. Because, okay. but, uh, it doesn't matter because it's always out of tune anyway,
0: <laughs>
1: it <obviously> helps. <laughs> It's ugly and it's out of tune, ladies and gentlemen. It, and you can buy it for 30 grand. Yes, <laughs>
0: that's like a big deal. deal. Oh, yes. Yes. Sounds no. like you assume, no, so. You, so you refread it and you put new pickups in it. Usually, do you do yes. anything do you do, anything you change the pots, wiring harness, anything like that.
1: Yes, I do. I mean, not with the if I have an HSS set. Yes, and I put for example, I put a 270 in for the volume.
0: Right. Oh, okay. You
1: have either five hundred or or two fifty. And if I have the combination, I usually use 10, 270 or two eighty. Depends. So, you know, Kloppman always does that with me. Yeah. So we sit there and uh, and in our main cave and use things that only guitar players understand.
0: <laughs> and go, Yeah, that's
1: the perfect pot. Yeah. <laughs> Four hours later.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's Typically, one of the things a lot of guys don't even think about. I don't know why they should, but they don't. Yeah. So you you said a minute ago, and and I might have misheard you that the sweet elephant was the only thing in your chain. Are you using any other pedals at all, or are you just? I use a delay pedal. I usually yeah. when I do fly
1: when I used to do fly gigs, uh, uh, where sometimes some. Uh, you know I gave uh, uh, guitar clinics, uh, for example in Spain or, or Italy and I usually do a concert by myself. I just take uh, the Sweet Elephant and my Yamaha uh, delay, the Holdsworth delay pedal, the UD stomp. Sometimes, depending, I, I also take my Gary Moore pedal, the vintage boss Distortion. Uh, uh, which I had since uh, I don't know since I'm 15. Yeah. So sometimes I take that. It usually it depends if I run the amp completely clean. I might use that in combination with the Sweet Elephant, not to get like a, a, a you know, Megadeth distortion, but but uh, uh, you know to get a fat sound because right. Gary used a lot of times he used. The low input, for example, when I saw the JCM-800, and I stole that trick turning up the JCM-800 all the way on the clean channel and using uh, the Boss Distortion. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's... You
1: have to roll the bass off uh, on the amp. Uh, uh, so that, those are the three pedals, and uh, I stopped using a big pedal board 2014.
0: Yeah.
1: I just, I just had enough.
0: Yeah. So, what about the uh, the digital aspect of guitar in the studio or or live? You know, I know a lot of guys are starting to use Kemper's, and yes. you know, more people are using the Fractal, or they use UA plugins. You know, well, or whatever. A, what is
1: the new thing? The new hype is uh, um, what is it called? That the bossy is. is uh, uh, I'm not, it's it only used to be available as a plugin and now everybody's going crazy. This is this is the, the profiling unit. I forgot the name. Are you talking about the spark? No, it's not the spark. I don't remember. I, I send you a mail and, and that sounds pretty pretty amazing already. Um, but I, I'm not sure. I every time I try these units, they're all good, and I think if you feel uh, comfortable with it. Then you should use it and it's practical. But uh, I do anything. If it improves the tone one or 2%, I carry a 100 pounds more. <laughs> <laughs> that makes and sense. Even if, I, even if I don't have a backliner, which yeah. I usually I have one. So, yeah. you no, know, because the, I don't want to hurt my f- fingers before I, I play. So, and what I don't like is. Turning knobs. I like simple amps. I usually use now, uh, well, I'm endorsing Marshall amps, so I'm using, I'm back to the Plexi since Niels Thompson died, and I have uh, a few of them uh, ranging from 20, 50, and 100 watt Plexi, and and I have also an old, uh, old JCM 800, so those are my main amplifiers, and I like it that you just you can, you know, you, you hear the character of the amp if you turn everything to noon. Yeah. And usually you already, it's already a pretty good sound. It's, it depends on the bias of the amplifier if it's distorted already. Some of them distort or give you Van Halen 1 if you turn them up all the way. Some of them stay clean all the time. Uh, but that's that's a, a different aspect of tweaking. And I like that. I yeah. really that. So I didn't, for example, for the recording of the new album, I didn't use anything. I used the four by twelve cabinet. I used only one microphone, a great microphone, the Tull G twelve from South Africa. It's not a plug; I paid for it. And uh, and my sweet elephant. And I think I used the Face ninety on a, on eight bars. That was it. Yeah. And I, ate, I I add reverb and delay after the fact. Yeah. So Completely usually record a dry signal, and in life I have the UD stomp, but I'm looking for something different, maybe a Strymon or whatever, something that's not as heavy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I just uh, recently, I'd say in the last year, become a huge fan of the low wattage amps. I bought a couple of the SLV plexis, you know, the JCM. Um, uh, I have them both.
1: I have them both. Yeah, they're, you they're, got them both. I,
0: yeah, too. But if they weren't loud enough
1: for the Blue Poets
0: yeah
1: (laughs) we're a loud band
0: i must be yeah you must be you must be i love them though i think they're great amps i really do they got they're they're practical for a lot of things you know and uh you know i i I ended up getting a bunch of different i got a couple of the Marshalls. i got uh the uh mesa boogie fillmore oh yeah a great amp, man. It's it's built off the old basement platform. I know a friend of mine has it. Yeah, has it's a it's a great amp, and so I've really gotten into it, but I can see you know, if you like a lot of air pushing on the back of your legs. The problem it'll...
1: is what a lot of people forget is uh in a live situation, 50% of the sound is your speaker cabinet, yeah, and also power amp distortion is where it's at it's not preamp distortion so you know right. you, you have to push the amplifier a little bit to get that natural compression to have to have that i don't know to 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 make it feel good in the studio i've heard guys using uh, the kemper's the, the fractal and sounding great and yeah you know all the power to them i just every time i try I, i'm twisting knobs yeah. i'm twisting knobs and i'm going I want to play.
0: Yeah. yeah. So in
1: my studio, I have it set up so I know all of the thirteen amps what they sound like. All I do is change the speaker cable and I'm ready.
0: Now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Old, well. Old, old I, I, I'm man. I'm analog myself, but you know what? I I use when I play out. I use the Foosh, the Foosh Overdrive. That's my that's my kind of go to amp. I don't know that. It, it, it's a it's a boutique amp you know they're out of new york and that uh it's kind of built off the Dumble platform oh, you yeah. know it's a d-style amp but they came out with ua came out with a plug-in mm-hmm. for that same amp and so when i went into the studio to record my last album rather than bring the amp i just did it through the plug-in which was the first time i'd ever done that and i couldn't believe how close you know what i mean the sound was to my amp yes. i mean it was it was Incredible, really.
1: I think yeah. there is also uh, with me. It's a romantic thing. I just, I just like turning around and seeing these stacks of money. <laughs> it's, 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 my envy moment, you know. It's, it's uh, No, but, but, uh, but as I said before, I mean, whatever makes makes you happy. I think people are getting way too religious about it. Yeah. It's like, oh. Real men play real amps, yes, maybe, but but I mean, I don't care if you sound great, you can play a kazoo with a battery, I don't, I, you know, <laughs> who cares, I mean, who cares, yeah, so, uh, and I sometimes agree. I go to all this trouble, then I hear my own album, I don't know even what amp I used, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 I don't know. It's a psychological thing, and and people with all the gear discussion, they forget the playing and the music and the song. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah.
0: Know. Yeah. That's
1: that, that that is me after miking for two days, <laughs> and changing tubes. Yes. Yeah. And 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 all the other things and going hmm. Maybe I should get the uh, U47 as a room mic, too, yes. I, I'm a, I, you know, it's it's a hobby. It's 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 a hobby, but I'm always trying to just, it's a, I want to get into the situation where I just forget about everything. Yeah. So the tools don't matter. I think that to sum up that silly guitar nerd discussion is, you just want to forget everything go, I have no excuses to sound great, and if I suck, well,
0: then it's just me. Yeah. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense, you know. You seem to be the kind of guy that gets lost in a song, you know. You, yeah, I, try, you, I do. I try. You, you look like you're invested 100% into what you're doing when you're playing, for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm not afraid. Uh, I'm not afraid of the of the ugly guitar faces. I know <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they they
0: criticize it, but I I can't. I've always been like that.
1: I think well, you're I the king the- of them.
0: I think you're the king of them. <laughs> I really do. I think you're the poster <laughs> child for the ugly guitar. <laughs> well, but that's cool.
1: Bibi B- had the lemon face. Gary had the. I I don't know. BB King was also one that I always loved and saw uh, saw. A film, uh, a black and white film, when I even before I played, and it made a huge impression on me. But I've I never noticed him as making ugly faces. Only after people started criticizing uh, or uh, mentioning it, I should say, that I I don't look like a supermodel. Uh- <laughs> Uh, I said, hmm, that is an ugly face. That is really awful. I wish I could look prettier, but hey, I I don't care. I just, I just, and I think that's the beauty of uh, after being so long in the business, I just don't care anymore. I just, I just, all I care about, did I play the best uh, as I could, you know,
0: that's all. Well, in the end, that's, that's the only thing that really matters everybody yeah right? Because the people that are sitting out front watching it, they expect to see that face. They expect to see the emotion and, and everything. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that draws them into, into your show. I'm, I'm not sure because a lot
1: of young players, uh, I've noticed they're very controlled because they they grew up with the Instagram. They grew up with YouTube. So they're, Very, very self-aware. They're like, okay, I have to look cool. I uh, and uh, uh, Carlos Santana said, well, if you you have you have to get inside the note. (laughs) You have to get. You know, he always has the greatest philosophy. You have to get inside the note, and then you start making these ugly faces. As I said, I cannot control it, but I think you should not be self-controlled. Yeah, some, yeah. Something else should take over. And some people find it ugly or offensive, and uh, and some people might. Some people even ask me, "Do you practice your faces?" Wow! Wow! I go, no, <laughs> I don't want to look like that. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> just imagine it. <laughs> Sitting, like, in front of mirror, <laughs> sitting in front of a mirror in your bathroom just trying to see what you're looking I like. do. It's,
1: it's a strange world,
0: yeah. Hey, that could be a new uh, online class for guitar players. Yeah. Right? You, you, could guitar <laughs> you could offer that. Guitar Face. You could offer that. They could air guitar and make the face, and they're just there, man. They're just there. It would be so yes. cool. Well, I'll tell you what, Marcus. I have just had an absolute treat, man, talking to you. I really have.
1: Thank you. Thank I kind of wish it's you were pleasure. my neighbor.
0: I wish you were my neighbor.
1: Oh, uh, we <laughs> would
0: we would only do stupid things.
1: <laughs> I get <laughs> and the feeling. way too loud, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, we would get somebody to sound. Is your place soundproof?
0: No, no, no. I was
1: looking for a place for two years, and I finally moved to the woods. I'm yeah. still in Hamburg, which is you know a huge city but I just moved to the side and found a place in the woods and have the whole complete basement soundproofed, And it's the best thing I did for my plane because otherwise, why should I own 200 watt plexis? Yeah.
0: Why, you know? Yeah. That's- well, I, I, I kind of live in an area where I can I can go crazy okay. at certain times, That's but clear. I can't I can't, you know, do it 24 hours a day like I'd like to. Sometimes I have to. I actually went out and I bought one of those Sparks just to put on my desk okay. so that late at night I can plug the headphones in and just you know do what I want to do. But, they have pretty good uh,
1: uh, guy took a recording lesson actually at my little studio and he brought in a one by 12 isolation cap yeah. and that was very good. Yeah. I was and he brought in a 100 watt Marshall from the late 70s one of those Judas Priest uh, uh, fist in your face marshals the, the JMPs with the master volume. Uh, and it sounded amazing with the 1 by 12. And it was this, and I've noticed that when I was at a, a ZZ Top show, uh, Billy Gibbons had the same isolation cap. I forget what it was, but I, lo- I think it was a carbon, was it, but carbon is not carbon anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: but, but you can, I mean, the, the, the isolation caps nowadays, because yeah. I had one built, I had one built for a lot of money for my 4x12, and it just killed the sound. Really? right? Because I was still, out, even after the the 15-centimeter the soundproof thing here in my basement, I was afraid that the neighbors would go crazy. I mean, turn up a 101 Plexi, that is just ridiculous. But they're not, and you can, hardly can hear it. And so I had another isolation booth built, uh, just a, like, a, what do you call it, where a dog sleeps, uh, you know, mm. uh, Whatever. Yeah, like a dog house for a 4 by 12 you know, yeah. like walls like that. And that sounded, that sounds terrible. It's still in my basement, came, cannot get it out, but it sounds terrible. But these one by 12 isolation caps, they had a 100-watt Celestion in it. They were like around 400 bucks, I think. They look good. They have a mic microphone holder in it.
0: Maybe you should check that out. Yeah, there's a there's a studio close to me, and it's a really nice studio. And the guy built a uh, cabinet vault for for guitars, right. and it's it's really weird. It's almost it's almost like a bank vault kind of thing, and you put your your uh, your cabinet in there, and it sounds it sounds just killer. I mean, just yeah. really really good. Yeah, even Lisa, with
1: Lisa, close even with close miking, the room is very important.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, also- all right, Marcus. I appreciate Thank you design. so very
1: much. Let's connect on Facebook. I've seen when we're not friends, so I have to fire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Is
0: that you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, uh, and it was great. great talking to you. Yeah, same here, Marcus. You take care, man. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. That was with Marcus Demel of Arrowhead and the Blue Poets. He's from uh, Germany. Uh he owns triple coil music, which is a record label over there, as well as uh being the uh you know founder of those two bands that I just mentioned. Uh you can go to triplecoilmusic.com, you can go to the blue dot com or arrowhead or marcusdemel.com and you can get all the information that you need on him. Uh, he's got videos all over the place on YouTube. Uh, he's got his Guitar Junkie uh, video series that you really should check out. And that, and of course, you know he's our Guitars of the Month uh, here on Guitar Talk. So you can go to Guitar Talk Official and you can learn more and watch those videos and stuff like that. I want to thank Marcus for being such a cool guy and a great player and for participating in Guitar Talk. Now, so you know, uh, next week. Our guest is going to be, my guest is going to be um, (laughs) Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridge and Slash's band. And, uh, you know, I learned something really cool about Miles doing this interview. And uh, you're going to learn what that is next week, of course. And uh, so you're going to want to come back because, believe it or not, this guy really loves playing guitar, And I was a little taken back. I knew he was a guitar player. You know, I know he's a good guitar player. I know he's got a great voice, you know, and I know he's played in some awesome bands and stuff. But I was really kind of taken back by his passion and his love for for playing guitar. So that's going to come out next week with Miles Kennedy. And then also, too, do me a favor. You know what? You can follow me on uh, social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, of course, at Facebook and that. And then keep your eye out for a new band that I'm a part of. It's an all-star band out of Chicago um, with a bunch of musicians that have spent a lifetime playing with a lot of big national acts. And that is called the Halstead Hustlers. That's right, Halstead Hustlers, because, you know what, we're all from the Chicago area We've all hustled music down on Halstead Street. And so it just seems kind of fitting. You can go to HalsteadHustlers.com to learn more about that. Now I'm going to let you go, and I will see you back here next Wednesday with my guest, Miles Kennedy. Until then, man, you all stay cool. You know, pick up that guitar and spend some time. You know, uh, honing in that craft, man, with that instrument. Absolutely love it. Y'all take care. I'll see you next Wednesday.